everyone, and welcome to another episode of High Culture with Low Friends. I am your host, Wolf Holloman, and uh, so glad you could join me for this episode. I am flying solo today with an interesting uh, topic, I think. Um, but before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that uh, we do have an email address where you can send us questions um, that you have uh, for myself or any of my co-hosts. Um, you can send suggestions if there's a topic you'd like to hear us ramble on about. Um, just uh, give us a holler at uh, highculturelowfriends at gmail.com. And uh, we will include those uh, questions in uh, future episodes and uh, we'll get right on researching those topics. Uh, also, if, um, if you've followed along our podcast for a while now and haven't done it, Hit that follow button or subscribe button, depending on the uh, platform that you're on. Um, give us a like if you like the content. If you like the stuff we're doing, uh, give us a like. And please, by all means, um, share the link. Uh, grab a hold of that. Uh, copy that link if you're on Spotify. Take it to Facebook. Take it to your social media. Uh, take it to a buddy, uh, a pal, a bestie, and uh, share it with them and let, you know, let them know what you found. Um, we're, uh, we're eager to, uh, find lots of people that are interested in pop culture the way we are. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's get started on this. So, um, since I am, uh, doing a solo episode this time around, I thought I would go for a very specific topic. This is a, kind of a niche topic, but I, I think it's really interesting. In our, in our last episode, um, myself and Daryl Foster, we had a conversation about horror movies and we didn't run the full gamut on it. We were kind of focused on um, this interesting sort of subculture um, within horror that tends to have sort of a Cthulian mythos behind it, uh, whether intentional or not. Um, and one of the movies that came up towards the end of that episode that we really didn't spend a whole lot of time on was a movie called Jacob's Ladder. And when, uh, when Daryl mentioned that uh, movie, I, it was like, oh, wow, geez, I really, I had kind of forgotten about that movie, but that movie is, it's one of those movies you watch it once and it's kind of ingrained in your brain. <laughs> it has such an impact. So, um, and, and more specifically, it's, it, it's a mind trip. Um, there's another word you could use for that. <laughs> it messes with your head and, uh, and your imagination and your sense of reality. And so I thought what I would do is an episode about specific movies that are mind trip movies. Now, uh, no surprise that when I did a search for mind trip movies, um, there was a very long list and cause I wanted to see what else was out there on the internet that people were calling mind trip movies beyond the four that I have in mind. And I wanted to see where my four came on the list and oddly only two of, of mine came on the list. Um, but, but there's a very specific way in which these movies will trip and trick your mind. And that is with regards to the sense of reality. Um, it is hard to discern along the way what is uh, real and what is not real in these movies. 
and and Jacob's ladder is the the jumping off point. So, um, on on most of these, uh, there's there's only one that I'm gonna you know have uh, spoilers about, but the rest I'm gonna kind of leave leave it a mystery so that you can discover these movies if you have not checked them out before. Uh, but let, let's start with Jacob's Ladder. What, what is it? What it's about? Um, so if, if you're not aware of this movie, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, Jacob's Ladder came out in 1990. Um, it stars Tim Robbins um, as a um, Vietnam soldier um, who, who he comes back from the Vietnam conflict and he um, is having issues. He, he clearly suffers from um, uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and he finds himself in certain situations that uh, are untenable. And at one point finds himself becoming sick to the point that he gains a fever so high that he has to be put in a, um, a bath full of ice. Uh, that's one of the scenes in the movie that really kind of stood out to me um, at, um, of all the scene, of all of the crazy scenes. Um, and throughout this the, this roller coaster ride of him dealing with being back home, he of course keeps having flashbacks and one of the flashbacks he keeps having is back to the moment in which he became injured. Um, supposedly the moment in which, um, he gets his purple heart and he gets to go home. Um, but as the story goes on, you begin to wonder whether he actually ever left Vietnam. And if all of what he's seeing as far as the future, as far as being back home, if it's all just a dream in his head and he's in reality, he's still laying on the battlefield in Vietnam. The moment at which you realize that the reality could be different than what you thought it was. That's when it screws with your head, because then from that point on forward, even when you return to um, uh, scenes of normalcy, you, you can't be sure. And that's when, so when, when Daryl was talking about that and we were kind of guffawing about it and, um, kind of, uh, you know, um, <laughs> about that movie, that's what we're talking about because it, it it really is a roller coaster ride and it's it's an emotional one as well as an analytical one because you're constantly trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this movie uh, and by the end of it if you if you think there's a real resolution well <laughs> there kind of is but the kind of isn't it all really depends on what your take is it's one of those movies where when you get to the end, you have to make a decision as a viewer of what you think the truth is. It, it doesn't tell you what the truth is. It doesn't really tell you. And that's what that, that is the sort of the, the final nail in that coffin that makes you, that makes that movie a mind trip movie is because of the fact that it leaves the decision of reality squarely in your hands as an audience member. So if you haven't seen the movie, um, I suggest watching it once. Um, that's probably all you'll need. 
Um, it is it is chaotic. It is frenzied. Um, it is it is for grownups, <laughs> and even some grownups uh, can't can't handle it too well. So, all caution um, there. Um, but but that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when I talk about mind trip movies. So where better to go to next than a mind trip movie much like that that came out a decade before? In 1982, Pink Floyd, The Wall, uh, was released, and it was based on the Pink Floyd, The Wall album. Um, Roger Waters had written a, a series of songs. You know, The Wall was essentially a concept album about um, a man dealing with uh, adulting um, in a lot of ways. Uh, that's what we would call it now. And um, and having gone through, he has his own kind of um, post-traumatic stress disorder from um, a very um, strange childhood, not necessarily a, a, abusive in, in the terms that we would think of today, but certainly on an emotional level. Uh, on an emotive one, and um, he has to kind of process all this uh, as an adult. And of course, uh, the, the main character is played by Bob Geldof, who was in fact the lead singer for the Boomtown Rats um, uh, back in the seventies and eighties. And um, Geldof, I think, I think does a wonderful job portraying this character, specifically because it is a character who is a musician. <laughs> musician not a magician a musician that lives that 70s 80 kind of musician lifestyle the sex drugs and rock and roll and so uh bob geldoff i kind of lived that life himself so he he knew of, of whence he acted <laughs> since uh he was in that industry so he was he was a perfect um um he was perfect casting for uh, pink floyd's the wall the movie and um so it, it picks up with him as in a post-concert depression of sorts as he's trying to reconcile the issues that he has with his wife. And in the course of, of the um, music, and, and you, have to, you have to also realize, again, if you haven't seen Pink Floyd's Wall, which is really hard to find, it took me a long time um, to uh, find where I could rent it so that I could um, um, show uh, my wife this movie. And so it's hard to find. Um, so if you haven't seen it, um, try. You may not be able to find it. But um, be aware that it is a movie in which there's very little dialogue and it's mostly action sequences combined with the music of the album um, you know, from beginning to end, there are um, passages that have no music that are build up that are full of tension. Uh, but uh, essentially, it is a synchronization of the album to these scenes of um, this musician trying to figure out um, how to how to be a grown up. I guess I mean that's really simplified. <laughs> I mean, really simplified. He's dealing with a lot of issues. Um, as the movie goes along, he continues to explore this idea that he's put up this psychological wall, um, in his mind and 
uh, as well as physically this wall uh, between him and people. And it's a wall that it needs to come down. The question is, can it come down? And um, if it can, is he going to let it? Is it going to, you know, is it going to happen? Um, this movie spends a lot of time giving you a lot of information and then making you guess what's going to happen next. And then when the things happen next, if, if there are moments of shock where like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, what, what's going on now? I mean, it, it's a, it's the constant barrage of images that get more and more, um, disturbing on an emotional level as, as well as a, you know, commitment level for the character. The character I've talked before in several episodes about how in any story, a character has got to transform from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, the beginning of the book to the end of the book, whatever the case whatever the story is, there's a transformation of the main character. We've got to be able to relate to him. And I, I think there are people that can relate to Pinky, the, the character um, in um, The Wall. And as far as some of the stuff that he's gone through that, that um, informs his psyche. Uh, but sometimes it's the transformations and, and it's not just one, uh, the character goes through several transformations. And once again, at the end of this, we're left with this, this question of, okay, um, what, what's real and what's not? What, there are animated sequences that are happening inside his head, um, things that only he can see. But, but then when you see these things and how they manifest, you kind of wonder, well, is that, maybe that's the reality. Maybe that's his reality. Maybe this other stuff. You know, is he really dressing as a Nazi in a concert? Because that happens. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so by the end of the movie, we're left with this question of what's real and what's not. Is his situation resolved? Can it be resolved? And if so, which way was it resolved? Is the wall down or is it still up? And it's, again, it's one of those where you kind of, I've, I've seen Pink Floyd's The Wall, the movie, um, probably five times in my life. And every single time I've watched it, I've come away with a different message and a different ending. The ending's the same, but how it ends in my brain is different, has been different each time because I've watched these at different points in my life where certain things in the story affected me differently, depending on the stage of life that I was in. And I think that's kind of the beauty of this movie is the fact that it can speak to just about anybody at any point in their life and have some kind of message. <laughs> Now, what that message is, again, it, it may be it may be up to you. And and again, this is one of those things where, I, you know, I enjoy watching this movie. Obviously, I've watched it five times. There are going to be people that are not going to like this movie. They're just not because it is it's frenetic. Um, it's chaotic. It's such a roller coaster ride, um, even more so than 
than Jacob's Ladder. There's it goes in so many different directions. Um, there's not a lot of dialogue, so if you're someone that's got to have a lot of talking going on, you're not going to like this movie. But if you're if none of those things impact you, then there's a good chance that you'll or or the opposite. Um, furthermore, um, there's there's a good chance that you'll find some interest in this movie, um, and and uh, and maybe even find some kind of resolution in it as well. But definitely, definitely uh, a, a mind trip uh, movie. This this movie will screw with your head. <laughs> so um, the the next one that I'm going to bring up is going to be one that's a little more uh, modern. I think a lot of people have seen this that, that listen to this podcast. And that's the movie Inception. Uh, came out, was released in 2010, stars Leo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, as well as a lot of other um, fine actors, um, but I, I won't go into uh, great detail. Um, this is a story about a team of people who can get inside your head when you're dreaming. They are essentially... Uh, dreamwalkers. They um, they are walkers of the the subconscious, um, and they're very good at it. They're very good at putting themselves in that situation. They're very good at taking advantage of the situation. And usually, that is the key. What they're doing is taking advantage of the situation, creating a scenario that is so real that it puts their uh, victim into a uh, vulnerable position. Um, so this is this is the concept behind this movie. And I, I think a lot of people are like, oh wow, this this could be a thing. I, I think we we have such a um, as human beings, we have such an interest in the images that we see when we're not awake and what they mean that a story like this, becomes very doable and it's something that we kind of go yeah that could happen that that's totally you know that could happen and and i think that's one of the things that pulls people into the movie inception you know that and leo dicaprio of course um and it's a this movie it's a it's a nice one of the things i like about the story is it's, it's pretty tight there's not a whole lot of room, a lot of wiggle room. They they set up the premise pretty straightforward. Ellen Page, that's the that's the gal. That's I, you know, I, I could have just looked that up, but then I, as I sat here, I remember. Oh yeah, Ellen Page is in that. She's fantastic. Uh, she's kind of like the, the 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 recruit in this thing. Um, so um, anyway, it's it's tight. It's tense. Uh, it's really, really good at building tension. Um, and we have a pretty clear story that has to do with this man who went, he's doing this, Leo DiCaprio, his character's doing this job to, toward to, to meet an end, which is to find somebody that he'd lost within the dream world, essentially. And so we know that 
he's really just looking for this level of happiness and he's willing to do just about whatever it takes to get to this level of happiness, to get to this reunion. And so that makes a lot of the decisions that happen in this movie um, relatable and understandable, uh, even if some of the twists might seem a little, um, we talk about on this podcast many times about the uh, suspension of disbelief. Um, in any other movie, you might have a problem suspending disbelief in some of these cases, but they've done such a great job of showing why this process is so important to the character that uh, Leo DiCaprio plays that it makes perfect sense um, that these things could happen the way they do. And so the, the shock value of the concept kind of, you know, trips with your mind in the beginning, but you, after a while, you kind of phase into it. You get kind of used to it. You're like, okay, the, the rules are set. I know what the rules are and everything, you know, is fine. And then it's just really a matter of following the story, which is, um, is great. Um, because it, again, like I said, it's a really good, tight, tense story where it messes with your mind is at the very ending when, um, you have to, um, decide whether or not he has come out of the dream world or if he's still in the dream world, that very last scene. It's very possible that uh, he never came out and that he's actually being tricked and that he's somewhere so far deep that he believes that he's come back to reality when he hasn't. Or it could be that he really didn't. And, and you kind of have to make a decision as a viewer. Again, the decision is put on you at the end of that movie. Is, is it real or is it not real? What's, what is reality here? And I think a really interesting question that Inception brings up at the end of um, this story is, either way, does it really matter? Does it even matter which one is real and which one isn't? Or is what matters the happiness that we have or the resolution we think we have? You know, what, what, what's the thing that really matters? Um, maybe, maybe reality doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe fantasy is more important. I, I think that's an even more interesting question, um, at the end of inception, uh, as opposed to, you know, is it real or isn't it real, but it doesn't matter. So there's, there's something for you to think about. Um, so the last movie that I'm going to talk about that's a mind trip movie is actually probably my favorite mind trip movie, um, if, if, if that's what I'm going to call them. It's, it's one of my favorite movies um, historically. Uh, I, it goes in my top 20. It, it's not Obviously, it's not in my top 10 because I did my top 10 list. Um, but it's probably my top 20, top 30. I don't know. It's, it's a really good movie and has one of my favorite actors. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. So as I uh, said in the uh, first part of the episode, um, I actually did a search of uh, mind trip movies um, and I was actually kind of surprised. I, I shouldn't be surprised that IMDb 
has a list of what they call mind trip movies. These are movies that examine the concept of what is real uh, to one degree or another. And um, just to give you an example, some of the name, uh, some of the uh, movies that they have on here, Vanilla Sky, Shutter Island, really good movie. I, yeah, I could have, I could have included Shutter Island um, in my, uh, in my breakdown on my analysis. Um, a Scanner Darkly, uh, famous Philip K. Dick story, certainly. Uh, Jacob's Ladder is number six on this list. Um, and here's one that I thought about, um, uh, Memento. Uh, that is certainly a really good movie as well. Uh, I've only seen it the one time. I, I've, I've been tempted to go back and watch it again um, because I think I probably missed some stuff. You know, that was the, the movie that made Christopher Nolan kind of famous, I think, uh, with uh, Guy Pierce and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, equilibrium. I'm, I'm not completely sure why, um, equilibrium is on this list. I mean, I've seen it and I don't, I don't remember there being a, a reality thing, but maybe, maybe there was. So I, maybe I need to go back and watch that one. Um, the matrix, uh, obviously, um, video drone, old movie with, uh, James Woods. I remember seeing that, um, probably, when it came out 1983 uh so those are just a few of um few of the movies that are on their list you know if you're ever looking uh, this is a good way to find you know something to watch sometimes is just put in some um obscure uh <laughs> sort of qualifier into imdb or youtube or somewhere and uh and and find a list of movies to pick from to go try to find and check out. So, uh, but uh, th this next movie I want to talk about is um, is a movie that I really enjoyed a lot. It's got one of my favorite, actually probably my favorite actor of all time um, in it, uh, John Cusack. And it's on their list um, at the end. And it's the movie Identity. Um, it stars John Cusack. Ray Liotta. And by the way, I, to be honest, I've seen a lot of stuff that Ray Liotta's been, been in. And it is my opinion that this is his best um, out of all the, and, and, and that's even considering, I mean, he was really, really good in Goodfellas. Obviously Goodfellas is a tremendous movie and he's awesome in that. But I really liked Ray Liotta's acting in the movie identity i felt like at this point in time which is 2003 he had a really good strong idea of what kind of actor he wanted to be and and i, I thought he just did an outstanding job in this movie um also amanda pete is in this um uh, again I, I haven't seen a lot of her movies but I, I i liked her in this as well um so before i dig into this i'm just going to tell you right now spoiler alerts so if you haven't seen this movie then um you um you, if you don't care about spoilers then, then listen on but if you do um you may want to go watch it <laughs> and then come back and finish listening to this episode um but this is this is one of the most for me fascinating um ways to handle the what's real and what's not situation so let's jump in it's a stormy night it's a powerful storm 
and there are several strangers uh, on the road that find themselves stranded at a desolate Nevada motel um, because of one situation or another. Um, they can't get out. Uh, they are stuck. The, the road is washed out. Um, their cars aren't working. And so these, these strangers all come together. And uh, there's, um, there's the cop, um, Ray Liotta. There's the, um, the, the gal that's just trying to, you know, bust a hump. Um, to be honest, I, it's funny that I can't, I can't remember now specifically what it was that uh, John Cusack's character was, was doing what his, um, it's, you know, it was like this, it was almost like a, um, um, this lineup of, uh, of the different, you know, professions who, the who's who from like a clue movie or something. And uh, so here they are. And um, there's, I think that there's someone that's hurt from the very beginning as well. And they discover pretty soon that there's some strange coincidences um, as people start to disappear and die. Um, one of the first things they notice is that they all have the same birthday. How, uh, how is it possible that, uh, you know, seven strangers with the same birthday would all show up at the same little hotel in the middle of nowhere and be stranded? So that's, that's kind of the first clue. And it's a really, um, at first you're like, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. Is this some kind of conspiracy theory movie or something like that? These people have been drawn together. Um, and, th but then as it goes on, you begin to realize that everybody in this place has a secret. Um, there are different kinds of secrets and the cop ain't a cop after all. And so it's like, what, what are they hiding? What are they doing? Um, and it, it would be so easy for the writers and the director of this movie to have given us too much too soon and, and allow you to figure it out like within 45 minutes, but they don't, they, they did such a good job of really building the tension, um, just giving you pieces of information sparingly because these are strangers. They really don't want to have anything to do with each other, but they're, they're pressed into closer and closer confines the more they go along. And so by the end of the movie, you begin to realize, wait a minute, these, uh, not only are they, are people um, dying, but then they're disappearing. Then their body is just disappearing. And it's like, how is that possible? And that, so are we dealing with a supernatural movie? Or are we talking about some sort of demonic force? What, you know, what's going on here? And then, of course, you know, you get into a movie like this and you realize, I've completely forgotten the title of this movie. <laughs> and then... Um, and then it comes to a head, and at the end, if you if you hadn't guessed it from me talking about it, it it's a story about multiple personality disorder. By the end of it, you have um, you realize that okay, all of these strangers are merely subconscious 
manifestations and representations of personalities within one individual. And that one individual, and here's that spoiler number one, spoiler number two is that one, that one individual is a criminal who has been working with a psychologist to get rid of these other personalities so that he doesn't have to be, um, you know, executed or go to the big house for the rest of his life. They're trying to, um, you know, get rid of, get rid of those personalities inside of him. And that's the reason why inside the story, those, those different strangers are, are dying off because it's that process of killing off the personalities. It's amazing when you get to the end and realize what it is. It's just, it's really amazing. Um, and it, it's fun. It's it, the, the buildup, the, the tension is really, is, it's actually fun in this movie because you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to go along. But again, here we are with a movie that spends almost the entire time um, telling you one reality that you, you think is the reality. And then at the end, understanding that you've been fooled, you've been tricked the entire time into thinking something that wasn't real was real. And that in reality, their reality is much, is much different or, or is it maybe in reality is, you know, the, the representations and the, if, if you like psychological, um, movies, then you're going to love the implications that come up in this movie as far as how we deal with, um, those things in us that we represent, uh, through our, through reality and through our imagination. And so that's a really fascinating aspect of this movie as well. So again, this is the movie identity, uh, that, which, uh, was released in 2003 with, uh, John Cusack. Um, the fourth of four movies, uh, decided to talk about how they trick your mind, how they trip your mind. They are mind trip movies. They screw with your head. Um, the first one was Jacob's Ladder. The second one, Pink Floyd's The Wall. The third one, Inception. And then, of course, this one, Identity. And again, I would say that if if you haven't seen any of these, um, they might be worth taking a look at. Um, probably, obviously, I'm going to suggest um, Identity. But then again, if you don't like spoilers and you just stick around, you're not going to hear that. But <laughs> if you came back, check out Jacob's Ladder. Um, really crazy, frenetic, but, um, it's, it's a really interesting movie. Pink Floyd's The Wall. Mm, that's one you may have to decide about because it is so divisive. People either love it or they hate it. There doesn't seem to be any in between. And then of course, maybe give Inception a rewatch if you've already seen that. If you haven't, oh, where you been? Uh, check out Inception. So that's, uh, that's my episode, uh, of, uh, Mind Trip Movies. And um, I want to thank you all if you uh, decided to uh, join us today and listen to this episode. Um, again, I remind you to send us an email at uh, highculturelowfriends at gmail.com. Follow, subscribe, like, share, uh, and come back and join us again um, for some more um, episodes on movies, music, TV, and more everything pop culture. Um, in the meantime, 
Stay cultured, my friends. You've been listening to High Culture with Low Friends, a weekly odyssey of everything pop culture. High Culture with Low Friends is copyrighted and produced by Wicked Wolf Media Art Studios. Be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a moment.